you're a proud mom, are you a proud dad, you tell your child, don't give up, keep working hard, it will pay off. And then it happens. They complete their matric final year, nine distinctions, maybe eight, maybe seven. All roads lead to medical school. And you watch them through arduous years of study and commitment and dedication. They want to save lives. They want to change lives. In some instances, the family gets together and borrows money because we've got to make sure that your son or your daughter makes it as a doctor. Maybe one day they'll even become a specialist. And yet what happens at the end of all of that? After completing their seven years of study and maybe two years of community service, they find themselves unable to get employment. One doctor says, I'm even mocked by friends who study different courses for wasting my time on medical studies. They are saying to me, what were you thinking? It's an extraordinary situation where we now find as many as 800 doctors in this country are unemployed because there's no budget for the vacancies. You used to long queues in hospitals. You used to nurses doing more than is within their scope of expertise. It's because there are not enough doctors in the system. Let's speak to one of them, Dr. Sianeliswa Shorzi, an unemployed medical doctor. It sounds like a contradiction, does it not? Good morning. Good morning, Bongani. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. The question is, how are you? Uh, I'm surviving. <laughs> I'm surviving. Talk to me about your journey. Why did you want to become a doctor? Um, okay, so uh, my name is Anlesa Shorzy. I'm just a boy from Durban. I grew up with uh, my mom as a nurse, so she'd take me to the clinic here and there and I'd see people, uh, the nurses, the staff, but some doctors at the time. And so I had a very early exposure to medicine. And as growing up, it always been an interest to help people and to save lives. I think it was a big, a big inspiration, the fact that my mom uh, exposed me early on. But even as I grew up, I was really interested. I was good in biology. Uh, it was one of the highest on my on my matric re- report. And um, I just it just made sense for me. Nothing else inspired me uh, yeah. except for medicine. You didn't, yeah. And so you didn't choose the easiest of career paths. I mean, what does it take to qualify? to become a medical doctor. Just give me a sense. Uh, we hear seven years, community service, that kind of thing, but just give us a sense of what it actually takes. All right. Um, generally, it takes six years. So just qualifying for medicine, by the way, um, it's, on a, it's on the highest average uh, percentile. So it starts from about 100% um, in all your subjects, moving all the way down to aggregates. And normally in medicine, we don't take anybody less than 83% on an average, um, 83% aggregates in your metric uh, results. So it is a very highly competitive field. I think UK the industry released the, sta- the statements for 250 uh, posts that they have in UK ZN this year. There was like 12,000 applicants. So it's a highly competitive field to get into. And then not only that, um, we have 
um, doctors, um, the student doctors who complain of very high burnout rates because we do um, overtime work has started as early as second year in some institutions and we stay out at night, uh, we, we study uh, during the year, we have very few holidays, and during those holidays, we have assignments as well. Uh, there's quite a high dropout rate as well. So for those six years, you're pretty much going through the fire. And then some of us, like even myself, I had to take a year off because of uh, personal issues, and then I was able to come back. So it's very gr- grueling for a lot of us. So by the time you've graduated, you've already gone through the ranker. And then you go through two years of internship, of which you work. Uh, close to like 400 um, to 450 hours per month. Um, so internship is very tough, depending on the rotation that you're in. And then for the next two years, you've done internship, and then you give one more year of your life to the government, which is called community service. So in actuality, it's about nine years' worth of work to get to this point right now. Gosh, you've got to be the cream of the crop amongst the very best in terms of talent and ability. You go through that arduous period for all those years. And, of course, Dr. Shozi, it all costs a pretty penny. Yes, uh, so for just internship, um, no, sorry, just medical school on its own, uh, back when I, when I graduated, I calculated the cost to be about, um, up close to 550 or 600,000, depending on which residences you were placed in during your medical school career. So that's a large sum of money. Um, and a lot of us who were not able to get bursaries because, um, we might not have been poor enough to qualify for NSFAS, but not rich enough to be able to pay it outright. A lot of us had to take a lot of student loans. So student loan debt was one of the first things I had, we had to pay for during my internship. Um, and so by the time you're done with your student loan debt, lo and behold, you now are done with your university, you, you're done with your three years, and now you have no savings. Um, you have no money to, to start practice for a lot of people who have suggested that doctors must just start private practices and make their own money. We don't have that money because we were self-funded, a lot of us. Um, other people talk about, okay, then maybe try and go overseas for a while and try to make money there. The cheapest uh, that I've heard from going overseas in terms of exploring options is plus minus about 40,000 rand to do the entire process, and it takes six months. So what am I eating for those six months? Uh, to go through the entire process. Uh, currently, we're surviving. Most of us are trying to hold locums. So locums are positions whereby you go and you work for a doctor maybe for about uh, 250 rand per hour to try and cover. So if a doctor cannot uh, manage his own surgery because either they're sick or they're going for academic commitments or, or anything of the sort, you go and you work at their surgery on their behalf for a day or two or however much you can get. So a lot of us are trying to hustle in that way. Um, Some people who have started private practices are very, very um, disappointed because um, there's not a lot of money in the country. So people are not able to afford private health care as well. So they are also making a loss in their businesses. So it's a very difficult situation where after nine years of work, there is basically no options except for government employment. And a lot of us do want to work in government because it's the only place where you get education. The government institutions are the only registered institutions for uh, higher education, for certificates and diplomas and specializing. You can't do that in private. Yeah. So you really are stuck. And they're telling you, of course, there just aren't enough vacancies to go around within the public sector. 
Um, I tend not to believe that for several reasons. Back in 2009, those who would remember, there was a strike uh, um, for this exact same reason and took the state away from work, after which the government made several promises that there would be um, annual pay, pay increases, that they are going to take care of the essential workers, that they'll make sure that they will uh, support us and make sure that we're never in a situation such as this that we're in today. And now, 15 years later, we find ourselves having the government has not kept any of those promises and they keep making excuses that, no, we didn't know how many doctors there were going to be when they know the numbers because they're the ones who place us for the yeah. last three years of internship and community service. So from that angle, historically speaking, it's, it's really impossible to imagine how you'd be able to mess up this badly. And then also... With uh, yeah, it's just it's just a lot. Um, and just... there are other departments which get payouts so that they can help people. And medical health care is a, is a right. People should have a right to this. And they should not be waiting these long few hours. And we're willing to serve. The only thing is that the government seems to be uh, withholding that from us. Well, I suppose the vacancies are there, but we're being told there isn't much funding to place people in them. Dr. Sianilisa Shulzi, thank you for sharing your story with us. An unemployed medical doctor has given us an outline of what it's taken for him to get to where he is. Let's speak now very quickly to the chairperson of the South African Medical Association, listening to all of that, uh, Dr. Mvuisi Mzukwa. Thank you so much for your time. I'm going to imagine... Uh, without uh, putting an age to you, but I'm going to imagine you trained uh, considerably before Dr. Shorzy. I mean, when you were a young person entering the field, did you ever think you could find doctors in this situation? Good morning to you, uh, Bohani, and to your listeners. Uh, I'm sorry, my line is may, may, it's bad because we've got load shedding. Um, like you say, I'm, I'm 47 years old. <laughs> And uh, at the time when I qualified, um, there were no uh, problems like this. I think to us it's a shock. We've never, ever thought that there'll be a time when uh, medical practitioners or, or medical professionals w- would not be employed. So to us it's a shock. We are not used to it. Yeah. Uh, and and yeah. the irony, of course, is that it's not that there's a shortage. Uh, I mean, sorry, it, it, it's not that there, there is a surplus of uh, doctors uh, in, if anything, the system needs more, as many as it can get. Yes, if you uh, go to the organograms of the of the of the page, you will find that uh, there's lots of um, uh, there's there's a shortage of, of of practitioners. But what they do now is that um, if you look at their vacancy rate, it shows like it's it's, a, it's very low, simply because when a doctor resigns or doctor uh, passes on or whatever happens to that doctor, that post is irritated. It's not only frozen, but so that it, it looks like the vacancy rate is low. So these this are the problems that you are facing. Because if you go to the rural areas, for example, you will find a dire shortage. But that's not only confined to the rural areas. We see that in the urban areas as well. And I know of a colleague in, in a hospital, a state hospital, who decided to resign uh, because of uh, burnout. Um, you know, they attended 200, uh, almost 100 patients a day alone in an outpatient department. So you can imagine the pain and, and, and the pressure that, you know, uh, 
the state uh, colleagues are facing, you know, in, in, in the midst of this shortage. So, as Salma, so, like, how are you helping this situation? How are you engaging the department, national government? How do we move forward from this? Because we have this problem even, even when it comes to the placing of doctors in community uh, service environments. Well, as we speak, we're currently engaging with government. Um, we have already started a, a process of compiling a list because there were so many numbers that were thrown out, you know, from different corners. So ours was to say, let's have a concrete list so that we can produce this to the uh, Department of Health. And with the Department of Health, we think uh, what we should be doing is to engage uh, Treasury so that Treasury can, you know, obviously bail out uh, the Department of Health. Because they've been doing it, you know, to useless entities like SIA. So why can't they do with the Department of Health? So that's what we are bringing to government. But also... We want to uh, government to restructure the way they're doing their, their employment. There's so much, so much inefficiencies if you look at the system, especially if you look at the, the district uh, model. You find that there's lots uh, of middle managers. Our line just really not helping us there, but I think we're getting a sense of uh, your frustration and your pleas. Uh, we certainly want to put on uh, the Department of Health uh, to help us unpack this and find a way forward. Uh, but it cannot be that hundreds of doctors are without work when there's such a need for their skill and expertise.